Hello all, and welcome back to Philosotalk. I'm your host, Jacob Brat, and today we are going to do a deep dive into the past and look at some of my favorite 17th century philosophy and reflect on some of the works of Thomas Hobbes and what it really means to resist oppressors and tyrannical authority. For some background, Hobbes is an English philosopher. He's a scientist. He's a historian who's most notably known for his political philosophy. Hobbes viewed governmental bodies as a device for ensuring what is known as collective security. This is a system by which states form a collective entity, per se, to attempt to prevent or stop wars. Now, this is a very relevant topic, and you may have heard of this in the news, such as uh, organizations such as NATO or the United Nations, which are both founded on this principle of collective security. Before we get going, let's first take a look at authority of the state and before we abstract this idea to resistance. I want you to keep these questions in mind as we dive further into this topic. What, if anything, justifies the authority of the state? What are the proper limits of state power? And under what circumstances, if any, is it morally right to overthrow a state? To abstract these ideas, we need to first take into account the hypothetical social contract. Hobbes defines a social contract as an actual or hypothetical contract or agreement between the ruled or between the ruled and their rulers, defining the rights and duties of each, end quote. This may seem like a lot, but to sum it up, it just means that to live in a society operated by a governmental body, you have to give up something. You have to give up your own personal autonomy. You can't just do whatever you want. You can't rob a grocery store. You can't drive on the wrong side of the road or whatever. You have to obey the governmental body in order for the governmental body to work. Or you're supposed to so that there is an anarchy. Hobbes would describe the social contract as it derives from the condition of stateless anarchy, which is famously known as the state of nature. Hobbes describes the state of nature in one of his most well-known books, The Leviathan. Here, the state of nature is characterized by, quote, war of every man against every man, end quote. He most famously describes the state of nature of humans as, quote, solitary poor, nasty, brutish, and short, end quote. In my opinion, this is one of the most powerful ways you can describe humankind. He perfectly describes the inner id of mankind. He describes the primal state where each human has the natural right to everything, regardless of the interest of others. So... How, you may ask, does this relate to the authority of the state, or the limits of state power, or even the right to overthrow the state, or most importantly, how does this relate to resistance? Well, resistance is the overarching theme of all these questions. To resist is to inflict your own personal beliefs on others. Now, this may seem negatively charged, but we do this all the time. 
We all have our own opinions. We all have our own autonomy. We all have our own agency. But this hasn't always been the case. No, even today, many groups of minorities in the dominant population in America are restricted in their own personal freedoms. Literature is one of the best ways to announce to the world that these prejudices in our society exist. In this wonderful literature class I am in in college, we have read many works that show these prejudices, such as one of my favorites, The Marrow Thieves. This sci-fi indigenous futurism book describes a state of nature Hobbes describes perfectly. In this book, global warming and climate catastrophes have taken over the world and only and only indigenous peoples of North America have uniquely retained the ability to dream. Now this can be taken literally or metaphorically. To not spoil the book, pretty much there's a governmental body inflicting their own personal will to try to take away the indigenous indigenous people's ability to dream. The governmental body defies the social contract that Hobbes describes. It is one-sided. It is brutish. It is nasty and even poor. There is no mutual self-sacrifice between authority and its citizens. Hobbes would say that this is when you have the human right to overthrow the government as this government restricts free will. This, to resist, is to stand up for your own free will. In our modern society, the free will of minoritarian groups has been stolen. Colonialism has established a Eurocentric view in American society. It is a fact that the American genocide of the Native American population existed. Since the founding of the United States, the United States has systematically deprived Natives to the right to political, economic, and cultural human rights through killings, displacements, and forced assimilation in order to culturally eradicate the natives from the white European population. Although the age of colonialism has ended, colonial ideas still remain. More importantly, prejudice and ignorance still remain. These ideas are stemmed from the state of nature of mankind. This genocide is one of the most primal things humankind can do. This, as Hobbes describes, is the true nature of mankind. So, what can we do to resist these prejudices and ignorance? Hobbes might say to educate yourself about the world around you is to remove yourself from these sins. Education is the key to understanding the natural world around us, or even the metaphysical world. Whether it be academia or even personal education, intellectual enlightenment is the path to the state of nature in which we understand each other's own personal freedoms. If you want to read more on these topics, I highly recommend you read The Leviathan, although it's a pretty lengthy read, or listen to Stephen West's description of it on his podcast, Philosophize This. He's one of my favorite educators when it comes to philosophy, and I highly, highly recommend you all check him out.